0: As we begin to reintegrate into the world post-lockdown, we're confronted with the fact that our lives are not the same as they were before 2020. And with that comes the realization that a lot of us have to relearn, rebuild, and restart. Struggling to do so myself, I wondered how other people are able to rise from the ashes of crumbled moments throughout their lifetime. I'm Rebecca Lee, and this is season two. How the fuck did you bounce back? Okay. Let's just jump into it. What is one of the most challenging times that you've had in your life? And uh, did you learn anything from it? But take us through the event, if you will.
1: Okay. So
0: it's 2013, maybe 2012,
1: leading into 2013. I've just gone through a breakup of It was almost a four-year-long relationship. I was fresh out of high school when I got into this relationship. Oh, shit. Okay. He was five years older than me. So we moved in together after six months of dating, uh, long distance. Got it. He was in LA. I was in San Diego at the time. And we got into the YouTube world together. We made a lot of stuff together. The breakup had to happen. Uh, I was super depressed. And... I had come out to my like immediate friend circle about my bisexuality. And I was like, I'm stuck in this hetero relationship and he wanted to get married. I did not want to get married. I don't want to have kids. So it was one of those things where it's like, I just need to cut this off because I can let this go on forever. Right. So when we broke up, he made a video response.
0: No. No. Okay, wait. How many like okay, how many followers are we talking about like for him when he like made this video? He had
1: like maybe I don't remember, but probably like oh like over 500,000. Oh, so a
0: lot. So we're not talking like not a, a couple lot. thousand. We're talking about a couple hundred thousand. Okay. Yes.
1: And he made like I'm devastated about this type of video response. So the audience Oof. that watched both of us took his side obviously no. why because they didn't have the full story and you know there's something about like men in the industry it doesn't like women and well everyone will side with them because they want the the friendship is more valuable to them i feel like i feel like maybe this is just my jaded bitter perspective but okay. I lost like all my friends after that too.
0: So you think, wait, say it again. They all took his side for,
1: Um. So I want to he... make sure I'm understanding. Okay. So he immediately started dating someone from our friend group okay. right after we broke up. And this was someone I had suspected him of like wanting to be with. Um. And so I kind of thought it was for revenge at first, because I remember he told me, My favorite thing in the whole world is revenge. And if we break up, I will get revenge on you. Basically,
0: Jesus, that's not good. That That can't be good. know.
1: that was the thing that I was like, people think he's the funniest person on the whole fucking world. He's got a lot of followers, like, and yet he's kind of like threatening me. Like Mm -hmm. you won't find anybody else like me who loves you as much as I do. Like shit like that, where it's like, okay, you're upset. We're breaking up. So I'm gonna like put it all on the table. Yeah. Try to get you back. Okay. It didn't work. So what's the next best thing I'm going to date someone from our friend group. And then basically I had cut off another friend at that time. Someone who's a really popular YouTuber who their audience would have never taken my side. I never had a shot to begin with. Like these people were blind followers to this guy. And my ex we were in the friend all in the friend group together and he continued to see this guy even though this guy was racist sexist terrible just like a Mm -hmm. liar complete liar okay so I was like the most depressed I've ever been in my life I had just lost a friend group everyone online was bullying me and telling me to kill myself like it was so bad this was yes and like none of my friends at that time were doing anything like publicly to like stop it. And he had made this video response. So people were like really attacking me. And then the girl he started dating, she had her best friend talking shit about me online. Like it was just the weird, I'm like, you guys are all way older than me. I'm like 22 years old. Yeah. I just didn't want to be with this person anymore. Why is this? And I didn't want to be in this toxic friend group anymore. Why am I getting shit on so hard for this? But it was because, you know, I fought back and I spoke up and people don't like when you do that
0: as a woman. Right. No, totally. Um, They
1: like it when you're a man and you cry on camera about your breakup, but they don't like when you're a woman and you say, hey, I'm tired of being treated like shit.
0: Right. So they just took his side because like he didn't tell the truth about like what exactly happened or the full story or whatever.
1: I mean, he just told his side of the story, which was he got dumped and that sucks and that's sad. And he pictured like our life together and I felt bad for that part of it. But of course, but the rest of it that came, I just felt it was just like an avalanche of like the worst things people can do and say to each other and that followed it. And it was like, I was already really depressed, but I remember like making plans. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I was like, if I didn't have my dog, I, I would have, because I just didn't, I didn't know how to cope at all. But thank God I had my, well, I had two dogs at the time. My, my first dog wouldn't let me keep the second dog. She was the queen. And so I had to find a home for my little puppy, but that we got together to save the relationship. Sure. As one does,
0: right? Yes. You get a puppy, you maybe get engaged or married, maybe have a kid, something to save it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, really the whole thing was just like you just like weren't you didn't feel like you could see yourself with this person for the rest of your life or you that and
1: also I was young and I was like, I wanna experience more life. than just this one guy. Yeah. I'm like, I'm into women. Like I I remember making out with girls in high school and like fooling around, but I'd never like dated a woman. And mm-hmm. I was like, I really want to experience these things that you just can't offer me. Mm-hmm. And he was very possessive and like he wasn't open to certain things. So, you know, that so, was the, the the low point, I should say. So
0: how did you deal with the bullying? I mean, it sounds like you're in a really tough mental space for a while. I mean, for how long? Yeah
1: um i stopped posting on the internet for a while that i i kind of stayed off the internet that was like the only thing that could help yeah Um, and then i started writing like the depression stuff into like poetry and like because i was doing comedy on youtube so it was like i was in a really dark place so i couldn't do that so i was just doing like spoken word poetry and all this other like emo shit that you know when you're sad and i hate to say this but it's the truth to me I write my best shit when I'm really depressed. Yeah. So I was like putting out some bangers. Like I was like in my head, I was just like, dee, 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 like, yeah, I mean, stopped posting and saw was started seeing a therapist. I was already on medication. I, I changed my medication. And yeah, like I said, my dog, my dog yeah. was like everything at that time.
0: Yeah. How long like did that like, the how long did that? last like you being like extremely extremely depressed and it sounds like suicidal
1: yeah the suicidal depression part that lasted for about a year and a half holy shit yeah
0: that's a long fucking time and it was this a was, long time yeah this is mostly because of the fallout with like losing friends and the internet being fucking assholes right
1: yes okay but then my neighbor sexually assaulted me like around the same time this was this is why it lasted so long because this guy i i ended up getting a restraining order against him thank god but like this guy who lived literally next door had his fucking ear to the wall like knowing when i was home he would like come knock on the door and like he knew i was home but i never answered and stuff like that and then one morning he like knew I was up early or something he had been like tweeting at me so I like screenshotted the tweets it was like do you want to hang out with me let's hang out today stuff like that we had never like had a conversation where I was like yeah let's hang out right um and he like exposed I like opened the door and he like exposed himself to me he was just like outside in his boxers (sighs) they let me cut my lease short let's just put it that way
0: well yeah they fucking better
1: (laughs) yeah he had had like a complaint against him before. So the fact that they were,
0: yeah, it was just a bad time. So what, like what happened? And also like, if this is obviously, this is triggering for you anyway, like we can absolutely stop talking about it at any point. Like, don't feel bad for being like, yeah, I don't want to talk about this anymore. That's totally fine.
1: Um, No, I'm pretty open to talk about it at this point in so long. Um, I actually posted a video online about it. I posted, yeah. Yeah, after everything went down, the restraining order, I moved, I made a a vlog where I basically talked about my Me Too experiences way before the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. And I got bullied, hardcore adult women were making video responses, telling me like why their sons should be afraid of me and just weird, weird ass shit. That was very 2014, just people didn't understand or they did, and they just weren't okay. They weren't okay with women telling their side of the story. I, you know, the Me Too movement
0: said it all. Like, yeah, it's it's like I mean, the world hates women. Like, I will, I yeah. find, I will go on this podcast and say that I think the world hates women. Even women hate women. Like, it's the fucking worst. And like, I don't know how to like rise above that. And I don't know like. I guess it's just to be, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know.
1: I didn't name names. That was the part that tripped me out. I'm like, I didn't say anything specific about anyone. So why is everyone freaking out on me? Like I didn't call anybody out specifically. They just weren't happy with my experiences. And they were like, that's not sexual assault. Like you can't be sexually assaulted if they don't touch you. (laughs) I'm like, my eyes were assaulted by that man's disgusting penis. He was outside of my door. He was stalking me. That's assault. At all of it, a little bit of
0: it is, is assault. Like the judge granted
1: me a restraining order. That means that there was sexual assault. Right. Like I sat in the courtroom all day Oh my god. watching case after case of these poor women, little girls against like landlords, couldn't get a fucking restraining order. Cause they didn't have like evidence. I, it was it was a nightmare, and I had the evidence because I had tweets. I like screenshotted all the tweets that he had been sending me. If I didn't have those, because he deleted those immediately, if I didn't have those, I wouldn't have gotten a restraining order. That's how fucked up the legal system is. Like
0: incredibly fucked up. I mean, that that's outrageous. I I had uh, I lived with a boyfriend who was uh, physically and emotionally abusive, and. Um, in the comedy community and I was too scared to say his name too because everybody loved him and like you know and I never even filed anything I just moved out and like stopped hanging out with that group of people but like you know I was like oh no one's gonna believe me like you know even though I had like photos of me with like a busted lip or like audio recordings but it's like just like crazy shit that like I just didn't think people would believe me and it's like yeah it's because people don't like they just don't they just don't um so okay so you moved out you got a restraining order mm-hmm. but that you're still like this is still a really incredibly difficult time so like yeah. then what happened like h- how did you move forward
1: well i was so broke at the time that my parents had to help me mm-hmm. but like, of course they were going to help me in that situation. Like Mm -hmm. their daughter just got sexually. My dad wanted to beat the shit out of this guy. Like he literally knocked on the door next door and the guy just wasn't home. Like he, his dad lived there. His dad was on the lease. He wasn't on the lease. He was like a teenager or something like 19 or something. So he had like gone to Arizona to live with his mom is what the dad said. But my dad was like, if I ever see that fucking kid, I will beat the shit out of him. But basically we moved and my parents helped me move. Mm-hmm. Um, and it I was just so, I was such a wreck. But yeah, I mean, I just went to really intense therapy I got on meds and or I switched meds I should say cuz I had been like on everything you can imagine. I yeah. we've talked about this. Yeah, me um, too. I've been on this. Yeah, we've done all the pills.
0: Mm-hmm. We've tried everything. <laughs> yes. Um Have you so found like, a like combination that works for you now or are you Alexa
1: not- is is working for me but I'm starting to think maybe I'm not depressed anymore i think i might just be a ball of anxiety and i think that should be treated without depression because i don't necessarily think i'm depressed anymore thank god
0: yeah yeah
1: um but yeah selexa gang
0: yeah i i i'm on well butrin every day and then selexa during my period and like you gotta give that one two punch you know yeah you can take selexa just during your like your period or like right before and it's like a fucking game changer. Um, yeah. So maybe you could like, right I mean, Alexa. Like, I'm not a doctor, anything? but like maybe you could just be on it during your period. I don't know. Talk to your doctor, but. I should. <laughs> um, okay. So you moved into a different city or the same, just a different now location? Like
1: down the street.
0: Okay. Okay. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. He had to move. He was ordered to do a mandatory uh, anger management classes, I think, or like some sort of like classes. Okay. Um, yeah. And he allegedly moved to Arizona to live with his mom. Okay. Um. So I haven't seen him since, but yeah, I moved, things were good. And then I ended up getting a roommate from who was someone I knew from high school who I wasn't friends with. We went to like an, an arts boarding school in Idlewild, California.
0: Uh, That sounds rad.
1: It was rad, but yeah. we weren't friends in high school, but like We grew up in Calabasas, like Southern California. And like, she just so happened to be living in my apartment building, just this random girl from high school. And we became like best friends and she moved in with me. And that's when things started to get way better. Um, Just having someone there, like having the roommate, because I was living by myself um, since the boyfriend moved out.
0: Mm.
1: And it was just, you know, hard to distract myself, I should say. Yeah. But it was nice to have a roommate for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I can't even imagine, like, because, like, during COVID and quarantine, everybody who was living by themselves, like, was by themselves that whole time. Like, I yeah. can't imagine how difficult that would be Um, because I, you know, lived with, you know, my partner and that was still, like, fucking so hard to be isolated. I can't even imagine what, like, living by yourself during that time is. Um, So, yeah. like, how... Did you I know like you wrote poetry and um, Mm -hmm. that was helpful but like on a day to day like how did you take care of yourself when you were going through what you were going through or even when you were like on the up and up like how did you like soothe yourself or find ways to like take care of yourself during that time.
1: I did everything I possibly could to get better because I was really fucking sick of being sad every day like not getting out of bed. I was so sick of it. Mm -hmm. It was just like my therapist at the time was just like, you know, that's your baseline. Your baseline is like, you know how to handle not getting out of bed. So it's the easier choice to make of like, not, you know, there's no real risk of the not getting out of bed. Um, So it was sort of like this pep talking myself. I was, I was getting acupuncture, which shockingly helped a lot i because i was willing to try anything i'm like this you know eastern medicine maybe i don't know like fuck it i'm on meds i'm in therapy what adding one more thing couldn't hurt Mm -hmm. and that shit helped a lot it's so weird yeah i like to not believe in that stuff but like and then now my dog gets acupuncture and she's doing amazing
0: yeah
1: um for her arthritis it really does work um that and going to therapy and just being on meds and staying on meds, not like switching it up all the time. Right. Just having that consistency for like months of doing that. Um, And I'm still on meds. I'm still in therapy. I don't do acupuncture as much anymore, but Mm -hmm. I do recommend it.
0: If your insurance covers it. Yeah, not a lot. Not a lot of insurances cover that, but which is also fucked. Um, yeah. Well, our health care system is also fucked. Um, yeah. I I did acupuncture a while ago because like I just stopped getting a period because I was so like anxious and stressed, and I was like, my body is like truly fucked. I gotta figure this out. And I went to acupuncture, and like within a couple like weeks, I got my period again. I was like, okay. wow. Yeah, I was like, I don't know if this is a placebo or if it's. I, I don't fucking care, quite frankly but it's working. So I'm not going to question it.
1: Um, it really good. It's like a natural high. Like I always felt stoned right after I left. Yeah. Like my body was jelly.
0: It was amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. the same with like, I, I go to this one person who is an osteopath. Have you heard of what that is? It's like, <laughs> it's like, um, a doctor who, instead of like, like, let's say you have let's say like you're you're not getting your period or something like instead of treating like the symptoms of like your 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 ovaries or um your uterus and things like that they take the entire body into consideration so it's mm-hmm. like if you have i don't know heartburn you don't just focus on like what you can do to help that you focus on like the entire body so it's a lot of like body movement like he like realigns you in specific ways mm-hmm. and i've never felt more high after one of his sessions it's so fucking wild if you're looking i went for like tmj stuff but if you're oh, looking wow. for something like osteopaths so fucking incredible um
1: yeah that has to do because my acupuncturist would like crack me at the end oh i wonder if the, maybe it's like all the acid i took as a, <laughs> yeah.
0: it's like coming out of it's your like, your spinal cord it stays in your spine it does yeah so, it like, does.
1: Exact that shit i'm like woo,
0: yeah it's true i that's what i've heard too about acid okay this is kind of a tangent, but I want to know about your boarding art, your arts boarding school in Idlewild. Um, yeah. it, it was all girls? Is that what you said? No, no. Oh, it was co-ed. A,
1: co-ed, but mostly gay. Let's okay. be honest.
0: This is an yeah. art school. Right, we right. had
1: like five straight guys. Pretty much all the girls
0: were gay. I was going to say, it sounds like, I you mean, know, everybody's gay. Most
1: yeah. of them. Most yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah, Everybody was a little. I was very gay there. Let's just say that was like, I was in love with a woman, a girl, I should say, a girl. Right. I had a boyfriend, but I was in love with this girl.
0: How were you you there for all four years? (laughs) No, the last two years of high school. Okay. And then it's boarding. So you sleep there.
1: Mm -hmm. I begged my parents to go to this art school because we had moved a lot around LA. And then my family just decided to move to San Diego. And I was like miserable there. Um, It's very sports centric. And Republican that too. Yeah. Um. Although in high school, I was like, I don't vote. I don't, I don't have an opinion about this. Oh, sure. Um, of course. Yeah. And then right when I graduated high school, I got to vote for Obama. So that was 2008. Yeah. I was, we that love was it. my first time. Um. But yeah, it was art school and there were 250 kids total. And I was a film major. It was majors. So it was okay. like music, musical theater, um regular theater there was like a fashion design department really cool yeah yeah I think they added
0: like a culinary oh fuck yeah that's so cool
1: it was fucking awesome I loved it
0: okay wait what did that film what were you film studies what did you say yeah film filmmaking okay so like what did like what did you learn
1: so they had Chapman University's curriculum for got it So, they, so basically it was, you wake up in the morning and you do from like 7 a.m. to noon, you do regular academics. Then it's lunch. And then from like one to, to like 9 p.m. at night, you do art. Oh my God. So it was, and if you were doing not so well in academics, if you were doing well in your art classes, they would help you kind of oh really look incredible. past the academic part so that if you were thriving in your art, which I was like, my French teacher was like, my film history teacher. And I, I mean, I love French, but I loved film history and I really tried in film history. And she was like, I, you know, I know you have problem. You sleep through class. Like I don't give a shit. You're, you show up for film history. You get an A in that class. So I'm going to give you an A in French. Like it was, (laughs) I shouldn't be saying that, but I do think like, yeah,
0: (laughs) I feel like that's, but I, I also kind of like, I get that. Like I get why teachers would want to help you succeed when you're trying in the area that you are passionate about you know totally um do you feel like that going to that school like set you up with like a good foundation for like going into entertainment totally
1: i didn't appreciate at the time that it was like such a small group of people it was like the best artists from around the world like obviously I wasn't an amazing filmmaker when I was in high school, but like these kids from like Bulgaria were like insane violinists. Like it was just like, you're surrounded by people who are really amazing at what they do. And everybody, it's like a competition. Everybody is just like really, really, they want to shine. They want to be the star. So it was like this, just like fame camp almost. Yeah. Um, and like the film kids, would, we would cast like the theater majors in our movies and stuff. Right. And they would like audition for us and stuff like that. It was so funny.
0: That's so cool. Yeah. Okay, I love that. And then what, well, did, what, that sounds like a pretty good experience the whole time. Like
1: We had a full soundstage. We had all the equipment you can imagine. We learned everything. It was amazing. We it's watched, I watched all the movies. Every day I was watching movies. We had no cell phone service there. We had no Wi-Fi, like shut off at like 9 PM. So it was like, you had no choice but to like focus on art.
0: That's incredible. Is it still there? Is it still Mm -hmm. like, that's incredible. Okay. So what happened after you graduated then what? So I didn't go, well, I didn't immediately go to college.
1: I took a year and a half. I was working for my dad as a receptionist trying to move to LA to be an actor. And I met the guy that I okay. was in a relationship with, and we ended up moving to LA together. Um, and my parents said they would help support me if I went to college, so I pretended to go to LA Valley College in Van Nuys.
0: Wait, what does that mean? You pretended, like you just I said enrolled. That you
1: did? Okay, and I went to I. So I was supposed to enroll like both. I, I enrolled in a screenwriting class. In an acting class okay in college which i had just basically done uh in high school okay and i was like this is going to be a fucking breeze so i was supposed to enroll in like english and math and all this stuff so i said i did but i did not okay i just ended up taking a, a screenwriting class and theater was it good
0: did you was it helpful
1: um, no, no, I mean, yeah. not really. Like, yeah. the screenwriting class, he like the teacher came up and was like, You're really good at like, you know, how to do this already. Like, I can't believe you're in this 101 class. I'm like, Yeah, I just did that basically. Yeah. Um, and I was only there for a semester.
0: And then you were like, I'm not doing this. Like, I
1: can't do I I did not want to go to college. I yeah. was like, I'm ready to work in the industry now. Yeah. Like, just put me on set.
0: Yeah. And then you started. A YouTube like what was next YouTube channel yeah
1: I started YouTube when I was still in San Diego I a friend of mine from high school in San Diego we were in like film club together we'd started like this film group and we started doing sketch comedy on YouTube in like 2009
0: And right when it was
1: like the perfect time right Sketch comedy was like still a thing
0: yeah is it are you still you're still doing YouTube videos too right or no
1: Yeah, but I don't post frequently enough to be, like, considered a YouTuber anymore. Yeah. I wouldn't call myself a YouTuber anymore.
0: Yeah. What is, like – actually, I'm going to backtrack. When you were going through the breakup and the um, sexual assault and everything, who was, like, the most, like, supportive person in your life at that time? Like, who was there to, like, hold you and, like – make sure you were okay and everything or did you did you have a support person or system or was it just like on you
1: yeah it was mostly on me but I had my parents and my best friend Chelsea was always there um but like I said it was mostly my dog that got me through because
0: yeah
1: just having someone that I had to take care of every day right and we just I she was like my baby like I couldn't leave my baby like Mm -hmm. nothing's gonna happen to my baby Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that was sort of yeah it was literally my dog was like sitting next to me on the ground every day like watching me sob and just being there
0: it was really sweet yeah I still can't imagine how hard that is do you still deal with because you're still like very much like on the socials even if it's not YouTube like TikTok Mm -hmm. Instagram all of that Mm -hmm. do you still experience bullying maybe not to that extent but do you still experience cyberbullying in any way yeah.
1: Yes, but it's funny to me now just because the insults are so different than they were back then. Like people think calling me 40 is an insult. Like what? what? They're like, "Just go back to being 40." I'm like, "What are you talking about? Like I don't how do you know what that,
0: that means?" <laughs> to me?
1: Like they think saying I'm 40 when I'm like 32 is the biggest insult in the world. I'm like, "That doesn't that rolls right off my fucking back, bro." Right. Yeah. Paper. Like, I, I've been called everything on the internet, so I just don't give a shit anymore. It's been too long. I don't know these people. I only care what my friends think, to be honest. Like, yeah. I really don't care what strangers think about me.
0: I was going to say, so is it just, like, the fact that you've experienced it a a fair amount, which is obviously still fucked, but, like, that you feel like it just doesn't bother you as much anymore?
1: Well, people aren't telling me to end my life anymore, which is really nice.
0: Well, yeah, that'll do it. Is that? Sure. Um, And I do appreciate a good
1: roast or like an insult. That's funny. Like make it creative, make it funny. And I'll actually screenshot it and save it. Like make it good, make it count. I get a kick out of it, but I don't know. It's like TikTok bullies are different from Instagram bullies or different from Twitter bullies. Really? Like they'll call you mid. They'll be like, you're mid. I don't, which I don't even know what that means. Which means you're just okay. okay.
0: <laughs> you're mid, you're in the
1: middle. Like that's the insult on TikTok. Like, how can I be upset at that? I don't care. Like I have people paying to see me naked who do not think I'm mid. Like they give me money. How could I take anything anyone else says to heart? Like, right. I'm a sex worker. Like that's, yeah. I know I get validation from people. I get paid that's my validation. Like I, right. If call me ugly. I'm like, okay, tell that to my bank account, bro. Like I don't Totally. Know, I can't take that personally anymore. Yeah.
0: Okay. So how did you get into sex work? And like, when did that happen in your life? And yeah. How did that evolve?
1: Another breakup. Oh, another God. Long-term. It Was, was like it a- another a- dude? Another dude. God, fuck them. You know, it was that... The hetero, like, I don't want to experience, like, kinky stuff. It was, like, I wanted to experience, like, kinky stuff. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to explore, like, the foot stuff because mm-hmm. I thought it was really funny. And I was, like, strictly doing comedy at the time. And I was, like, people tell me that I have really nice feet online, like, every day. I should, like, see if I can make money off of that because okay. it would be hilarious. Mm-hmm. And it was hilarious. And I actually got a little turned on by it, which yeah. weirded me out. Um
0: so what started, about it like turned you on?
1: I think the idea of having somebody want to like lick my feet and worship me and like tell me I'm a goddess, like, and yeah. I get to control the situation and I get to tell them what to do and like this is on my terms. Yeah. And also, I'm getting paid. Yeah. Like, it's
0: all the best things. Like, <laughs> all the
1: things I ever wanted, like, like, what night was how I really yes. started. Yeah. Yeah. It's a night a month in most major cities I think they shut it down because of COVID I haven't I was been gonna back say, is it back I yet it. I don't know but I fucking love footnight it I'm is waiting like, for
0: it to come back because I'm fucking I'm there next time when it's back I'm fucking there baby
1: if you want to feel good about yourself you go to a footnight because <laughs> they will slap 20s in your hand and just give you foot massages yeah
0: explain to people because me and you have had this conversation before but explain to people what footnight is
1: so it's basically an event where foot fetishists can come worship model like foot models um and that could include like sucking on the feet it could include trampling the body or face with your feet
0: oh uh, you okay for a second i was like they no you trample them
1: you trample them
0: with shoes or without shoes whatever they want oh <laughs> So there is,
1: I do have one trample guy, but I don't see him in person. It's just on, on like FaceTime or whatever, but he has like these high heels that he like smacks himself with until he bleeds, which is like, it's very extreme, very intense. I tr- I don't kick shame, but it no. it's disturbing. Like it's hard for me to watch. So at yeah. a certain point I'll be like, okay, I don't want to see this anymore. Stop it
0: yeah yeah and that's like yeah that's not a kink shame that's just like like what your like tolerance as an individual is to stuff like that to, to violence or like you know that shit's hot that's not, not easy for people to stomach shit. you know yeah. no he'll
1: like put he'll lift up the corner of his bed and get under it and like put the bed down on his chest okay like what the fuck dude oh love him
0: love him but we love him we love what what he's giving us I, really,
1: yeah. I like there's certain clients I have that are like freaks like true freaks and I tell them that all the time and they, and they love, love it. it yeah yeah but they are like fucking like eating poop type of people like freaks
0: and how do you get them how do you get these people that. in your life I know we we do love them <laughs> but how, how did they come about uh
1: I I started a private Instagram. This was before OnlyFans. I didn't want to do like cam girl stuff
0: hmm.
1: um, because I didn't want to like do it every day. I didn't want to like have to like set up a, a thing and I'm bad at doing live stuff. Uh, I get really freaked out, like stage fright almost. Hmm. So I was like, camming is not, I can't do the live thing, um, but I can sell clips. So I started like a private Instagram account and- it was like pretty much mostly feet and like BDSM, like mm-hmm. submissive stuff. Mm-hmm. And so people were DMing me there and buying custom content from me and like sending it to Cash App and PayPal. I did get deleted from Cash App, but- They can delete you? Oh yeah, they're not sex work friendly. None oh, of Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, you really have to like start a fake business that's what I did with PayPal. It's like a, a face serum company, which I will like tried doing that for a minute. Yeah, that, it can't, or, that's what you're doing. It's fine. But then I had that and I was like, okay, so if you want a custom, you have to put face serum in the description.
0: What were you, what were they putting before? Like, were they literally just spelling out like the truth before? No. Like, no. how do you get, how do they know? How does cash app and PayPal know?
1: <sighs> I don't know. They Sometimes they just will do it okay. without knowing. Yeah, um, but they they know. I mean, when you're only getting like messages from men, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, know, yeah. Or, like, face serum, I don't know. PayPal still is still going, but but the Cash App got deleted pretty fast. People use Cash App for that.
0: God damn, I had no idea. Yeah.
1: And Venmo's and like, cracking down,
0: right? Yes, Ven. I did know that, but just for like literally any business too. I, yeah. I like it's just stupid. Um. It's like, if you're going to force us to live in a capitalist society, then fucking let me do the thing I need to make money and just shut the fuck up, you know? Totally. Uh, Another thing I
1: would do is I have a P.O. box and I would have people send me gift cards
0: oh, for like 100
1: bucks, like, you know, the Visa gift cards on Amazon.
0: Yeah. When, people can also
1: pay me with that. But I would, I would only make the content after I got it.
0: Oh. Got it. Smart. Did you, like, have to – was – did you fuck up once and like realized you had to do that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. I you fucked would, up like- every aspect of sex work. I, I had to learn big time through every aspect of it. But what did you fuck I up? It, um, I think it would just be like, so on PayPal, you can send money and then you can take it back before they, before the person deposits it into their account. So if it's sitting in their PayPal account, the money, you can still get it back.
0: I didn't know that. Yeah. So people would like you know get whatever clip or whatever you were sending them, send you the money, and then when you I would make the clip, send it, and then
1: they would immediately take the money. This only happened once. I learned okay. once and quick. Right. Right. Like, okay, right. Never
0: again. Right. Okay. Okay. So then, yeah. what do you do to remedy it? You just you just don't send it until you deposit it.
1: Yes. Until that money hits my bank account, no clip. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. OnlyFans.
1: Thank God, because it's like, yes, you just. Don't have to worry about it. Yeah.
0: How is it different than how is OnlyFans different than like other methods of payment? Well, I don't do
1: customs that much anymore. Mm. So with OnlyFans, it's like you sell the same clip to everybody. Okay. So it's like once they pay, they Automatically get access to the clip.
0: Got it. Okay, and then OnlyFans is good about like depositing it into your account like in a timely manner and stuff. Yes,
1: it's like weekly deposits.
0: Oh, that's great. Do they take yeah. a high percentage or no? They
1: do they do? They take. I think they take thirty percent. God damn. Yeah, and then, you know, a management a company will
0: also take thirty percent.
1: So it's like shit ton of money.
0: Do you have um, a man- you have a management company for it for yeah. your content? Okay, yeah, but it's because like you have so many people trying to like it, it, it. Was it like just unmanageable for you to do on your own? I'm assuming.
1: Yes, it was like thousands of messages a day, and I was like, I can't. This gives me anxiety, and also like, I can't just beg people to buy my clips all day like it was like me trying to sell these clips so I'm not a salesperson I'm a content creator so I can make the content but I I'm really bad at selling the content so I basically did like a boot camp for models and I learned how to do everything and they're always telling you to be on TikTok because that's where most OnlyFans fans live now Mm. and that's like the best way to grow your OnlyFans is through TikTok
0: Mm. That's so that's why I'm
1: active on TikTok. Otherwise, I would be a little – I would just be a lurker, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if um, I didn't have to. Yeah. So, okay, so you had so many people. Mess- you had to get a management company. Like, are you just, like, learning on the job, essentially? It just sounds like like yeah. you fuck up and then you learn, or you, like, realize you have too many people reaching out, so you, like, Google ha- – like, I'm assuming you, like, Googled what to do, like, it- management companies for that specific thing, or – you just talked no I had a
1: referral it was through a friend because I I have a management company for my Patreon as well um and so I met her through that company and then she recommended me to her company and which is great because they they do like meetups like big like events like they'll rent a big house for all the models to stay in and collaborate together for like Mm -hmm. a week so like every few months I'll go to like these collab events and like get to shoot with like Fifteen other models and get so much content out of it, right? Yeah, which is great. but also these models are like helping me with TikTok and like yeah, they're giving me boot camp of TikTok. I'm giving them a boot camp on YouTube. Like it's just we're all learning from each other, and they all have like such great advice that I never would have known. I was like slaving away, like six hours a day answering messages, making custom content when I should have just been making like evergreen content for everybody. And I was, like, the amount of money that shifted because of that, I was, like, oh, I can't make customs anymore. It's, like, taking too much of my effort and it's making me, like, sad. I yeah. need to, like, make content that's for everybody.
0: Yeah. Has has uh, being a sex worker and, like, being in the presence of, like, other um, empowered women, has that affected you in any way or has that been helpful because you went through some traumatic shit before that of like women being fucking awful to you on the internet or like you know being sexually assaulted like do you feel in any way like this is a version of you um being empowered and like taking the power back sex work
1: has made me feel more myself than anything else has that's, that's for the sure the
0: fucking best
1: cuz i was like a very horny teenager yeah. like i was slut shamed a lot in high school um and after high school but but this is like I'm surrounded by other people who feel the same way who felt the same way like playboy models like there's that stigma for them they've always had that too and it's just like my job's the fucking best I literally get to like make out with hot girls for money like Mm -hmm. that's my dream like Mm -hmm. I get to like hang out with hotties we get to make content together Even if it's acting, like, it's still, like, that's my dream. I wanted to be an actor. I get to perform, work with, like, people, hook up with people. Like, it's fun. It's all part of the job,
0: which is amazing. It's like my normal life. Yeah. Was there ever a time that, like, you didn't feel as, um, like, was there any shame around of just being sexual, even growing up? Like, it sounds like you were, like, bullied or or slut-shamed or sex-shamed or whatever. Like, did that ever affect you? Because it seems like you're very comfortable in your own skin, you know who you are, and you're, like, unapologetically you, which is incredible, but it's, like, it's not always easy. So I'm wondering, like, how you got to that point.
1: I had two bullying instances, one in high school and one when I was, like, 25 or 26, but in high school, this kid made a list. He like went around this, the boarding school and was like, he knocked on every guy's door and was like, Did you ho- have you hooked up with Brie? And he made like a fucking list. And this he like, in showed the- Wild? Yes, this fucking bitch, I haven't spoken to him since, but that bothered me, obviously, because I was yeah. like, How fucking dare you? Like, what do you get out of this? Um, and then I- what
0: did he get out of that? Like, what? does anybody get out of bullying but let alone like going to that extent is i just don't, i don't understand the thought process around that
1: i don't know because we had hooked up once upon a time and he you just wanted to be wanted with to anymore see- oh no it was just like a summer camp hookup like i went oh. to summer camp with this kid and then we ended up being at the same boarding school together
0: got it and we didn't
1: hook up at the boarding school but okay like- okay okay. but it was just like yeah i was fucking horny and so were all the boys at Idlewild, So. Even the gay
0: ones, like mm-hmm. gay boy, like we're all horny. Let's be honest. I mean, but there's not a hornier group of people than theater kids or like kids in the arts. Like yes. we're all horny as hell. Like exactly.
1: Yeah. That actually didn't bother me as much as when I was 25 and I was in this friend group of people who had like a sociopath as the leader. I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, he basically rented a mansion and had a party and there were mushrooms at the party. And he basically dosed everybody with way too much. Like he ground all the mushrooms down. So it was like this powder and he basically dug a spoon into the mushroom powder. So you don't know how much you're taking at that point. Everybody was flying. Okay. I was, we were all like fucked up on mushroom. I was seeing shit. Like I was like seeing monsters fighting in the hills. Like Jesus, it was crazy. And so the last time I had done mushrooms, like, All my friends and I were on the beach and we were all like laying down, like cuddling each other and being Mm -hmm. like, oh, I love you, this is great. I was trying to initiate that type of like, let's all lay in a big circle and like hang out together. Yeah, what you're supposed to do on mushrooms, like. Yes, the guy, the leader of the group went around telling everybody that I was trying to fuck them. He went to and told every single person and every single person was making fun of me and being like, why are you trying to fuck me? I was like, I was in a relationship at that point. He was there. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm on mushrooms. I'm not trying to fuck anybody. I was just trying to start like a cuddle puddle of like, we can like hold hands and like be on drugs. Yay. It was that. And he told everybody that I was trying to fuck everybody. And like that state, like that stayed with me from that party to the next party, to the next party. It was like, careful, Bree's going to try to fuck you. That's
0: that bothered me way more. Yeah, that's fucking hurtful. Um, I was so what did you do this? I was like, I told people I'm like,
1: that bothers me. Like, it really bothers me because I was slut shamed a lot growing Mm -hmm. up. And like, I'm genuinely not trying to hook up with people. I'm in a monogamous relationship. You're making my boyfriend feel bad. Mm -hmm. Like you're making my boyfriend think that I'm trying to hook up with other people. We're all on drugs. So we're paranoid. Mm -hmm. That. Yeah, that so, was rough.
0: So the parties that you went to after that and this mm-hmm. behavior continued to happen, um, like how did you manage that? Did you just stop going? Like, I didn't take drugs at the next few. And, oh, okay.
1: I, and I didn't want to go to the next few, but my boyfriend at the time really wanted to be in this friend group so badly because he really liked the leader of the friend group and I had to kind of just suck it up and... And a couple of my friends were like obsessed with this person, so I was like, "I
0: heard about that. I heard about yeah." Yeah. uh, But I don't know, like the ultimate, like because you don't, you're not, you don't hang with this group anymore. I mean, you hang with some of the people from the group, hang out with some of the people
1: from the group, but I do not hang out with the leader of the group.
0: And how did that happen?
1: Um, I think I think after my breakup, I was like, "Oh well, I love this person. I love that person." So I'll still hang out with them. I think we all kind of had to like, I had to wait until they all like basically rose up against the leader of this group. God, Because I was that? already against him, but I had to like convince other people to be. And other people had to do like some self-reflection of like, oh, I was severely mistreated in this friend group.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think after that happened, it was like, okay, I finally get to be friends with all these amazing, cool, talented, mostly women Mm -hmm. from this group. And we were all kind of like shamed and bullied by this guy. Mm -hmm. So we all kind of bonded over that, but I got a bunch of amazing friends out of it. So yeah,
0: I wonder what the like, not appeal, but the like draw or like the pull that that like the leader or whatever, like had on all of these women, like why did these women or people in general, but I know you mentioned women, like why were they so drawn and like why didn't they see through it at all?
1: I'll tell you exactly why because Great. this happened in my first group with with the bullying and the, and the breakup. There is always the leader. It's always the person who is rich and powerful mm-hmm. and famous, mm-hmm. most likely. Um, they pull you in and they tell you to your face that you are their best friend and they only trust you and they don't trust any of these other fuckers here so they make you feel really special and then the second you walk away they're talking shit about you to the next person saying this person's fucking in love with me blah 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 I I'm not giving them any signs I don't know why they're fucking crazy they gaslight they
0: gaslight yep they talk shit behind your back so it's just a nar- it's techn- it just the sounds narcissist. like a narcissist like yeah a person with narcissistic personality disorder who is manipulative and gaslighting and And
1: think you're the most special person in the whole world and the second you walk away they do the same thing to the next person so they're keeping everybody under their wing but they're making everyone in the friend group not trust each other wow yeah i've seen it happen many times so i i knew it right from the start when i joined that second friend group i was like oh we've got ourselves a narcissist here because you've, you've experienced it
0: before at that point yes right okay so then like how do you like how do you learn and grow from that Are you just like now you know the personality type and then you just stay away just or
1: separate yourself no matter what yeah even if they talk so much shit about you I who cares who cares yes. leave right. that person that person is toxic
0: yeah. period when you were going through this, were you doing sex work at the time or did that not happen until oh. after?
1: No, okay. that didn't happen until after. I think that's why the, the the slut shaming hurt so much then because I was like not, I was genuinely not being a slut. Like yeah. when I'm acting like a slut, you can call me out on that and I will think it's funny. But I was not. Right. I was like, not only am I not trying to fuck people like. I can't believe you would think that I would cheat on my boyfriend at the time. Like it, there was just so many things to it where I was like, "This is so offensive." But then I became a sex worker, and I was yeah. like, "You know, I am a fucking slut,"
0: <laughs> and I get paid big money for Yeah, it. and y'all
1: and you bitches couldn't afford me. Let's be yeah. honest.
0: Let Let's be completely honest. There's no fucking way. Um, yeah. do you? Is there like a feeling of like being self-assured now that you are it seems like the fullest expression of your authentic self like is that helpful in being like oh you can call me whatever you want because like I know who I am I'm being that and so like it doesn't matter versus like other times in your life when maybe you weren't at that time like the fullest expression of you yet because you were young or you haven't been through experiences or whatever like does it is it helpful at all to like know who you are in order to like deflect from like comments or bullies or whatever
1: absolutely i think i think you have to be through go through some shit before you can like really understand like oh i'm super strong and most people don't realize that they're strong that's the problem is like they go through something and they're like i am so like torn apart by this and i'm like but you're still put together like you don't realize that you're a whole person still like you feel like that but the strength is getting through the thing and you got through the thing so I don't I don't think people give themselves enough credit for that
0: yeah and I would argue to say like women specifically because like at least me like I wasn't I didn't grow up thinking that like I was strong or like you know that being my authentic self like which is like kind of you know outspoken opinionated I was told that that wasn't a good thing, you know? So it's like, I was very scared to be like my full self, my the, authentic, the most authentic version of me for a really long time. And I feel like a lot of women, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm speaking for an entire gender, so there's obviously people who don't feel this way, but I just feel like as women we're taught to be one thing. And a lot of us are not that, most of us are not that thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know. It's crazy. It's fucking nuts. Um, I was gonna say something, but now I can't remember what I was gonna ask. Um, okay. But in a friend group like that? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Um, but I'm more of an introvert, so it's like I don't like being around a lot of people anyway. Like I love doing, I love being one on one with people, or mm-hmm. like I can do like you know up to like four people maybe. Dang. But yes. as soon as we get bigger than that, I'm like I just. Don't like it. I I don't enjoy it. I don't feel like I can have the conversations that I want to have, which are like, you know, I like to go deep. I like to talk about like real issues. I don't like surface stuff. Like that's not interesting to me. And when you have a lot of people, there's not a lot of time or room to like go deep. And so it's just like I'm not interested in this. This is very boring to me. Mm-hmm. Um. So like I just haven't spent a lot of time in like big groups like that. You know.
1: That's that was the thing about those friend groups is like you never really got to know people like. Yeah. Other than small talk, like yeah. no one knew anything about me. Exactly. I, and and the leader of the group never asked questions about anyone else. He was too busy telling stories about himself and his famous friends and all the pitch meetings he would go to. And he would like do his pitch meetings for us. Like he that is so
0: embarrassing. Yeah, it was pretty embarrassing. Like I would be so embarrassed for this person. Do they she are literally- they still around?
1: they got canceled but you know how Figured. cancel culture is you, you don't actually get canceled yeah exactly
0: i don't know if they're
1: getting hired anymore to make stuff at the yeah. moment but maybe they're getting hired in private to do like punch-ups on scripts for people sure. so who knows i don't know yeah i think that person's still thriving i i've heard rumblings about mm-hmm. people who were in the group who are still connected to him so i don't know
0: what did you, What were you gonna say? I interrupted you about his him doing like pitches to people. Oh no, he would just like. <laughs> I love talking shit. Yeah, it's uh, great.
1: he would like put on like a song, like a soundtrack. He would like put it on, and he'd be like, like feeling the song, and you'd be like, okay, picture this: ah! a stadium opens up, and all the fucking Pokemon come out. <laughs>
0: like it was that. Type ah! of shit. Oh my like, god! It totally just gave away I- his identity. <laughs> I can – I'll bleep that. It's fine. No, um, it's fine. It's fine. I don't think that he ever got to make that, so it's fine. Okay, well, if you change your mind, I'll bleep it, I'll bleep it later. Um, I can just imagine, like, and then the, everybody sitting there being like, yes, <laughs> like, yes, Pokemon or whatever the fuck that is. I was like, bitch, why are we laying on the floor for this? I need, a, I need at least a chair and a cocktail if we're going to have this conversation. Seriously. Um, if you <clears> – <throat> If someone's going through a time where like they don't feel like they are authentically themselves or they feel like they're in a friend group who is not healthy for them. um, What do you have like any advice that you would give this person to like find out who they are and like to be their the fullest version of themselves? Because I feel like you've really cultivated like an amazing quality of being like authentically you and very self-assured of that. And so I want people to like, you know, learn your tips and tricks if you have them. I appreciate you saying that it's a day-by-day
1: thing and I definitely have to pep myself up a lot of the time yeah I mean everything I make on TikTok all my content is cringe to me and I know that I'm aware of it but I'm never gonna thrive or like make money if I stop so I have to keep going like I say I don't make my content for my friends I make it for my followers like if my friends watch my content that makes me extra cringe but um I think I think distancing yourself from the group a little bit is my best advice. Give yourself a little distance and see if it makes you feel better. And if it does, then you should get out of that group. Yeah. If it doesn't, then maybe you kind of need that type of group. And maybe that's okay, maybe, but don't fall for the leader's bullshit, though. If everyone's equal in the group, that's a good thing. But if someone is telling all the stories, doesn't ask you questions about your personal life, they're not your friend. Mm -hmm. trust me
0: do you think that's do you think that advice goes for um like relationships too if like you're not sure like do you think that like giving a little bit of distance is helpful to like I don't know it just feels like it would be
1: I think a couple days a couple weeks I would Mm -hmm. suggest weeks away from people will really give you clarity if you miss them but you're happy that's also a good sign to leave the group. If you're like, mm. okay, I didn't realize how much I would miss this this person, but I'm actually really happy to not be around them. That's also a sign. If you really miss them and you are not happy, I don't know what to tell you. Maybe it is the friend group for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, T- truly. Um, yeah. Maybe you're the leader. <laughs> Maybe you're the bad one. <laughs> Maybe you're the bad one. Um, yeah, and like, if if someone yeah i don't know i just feel like there's so many people out there who want to do things and they're scared to do it and mm-hmm. i don't know
1: it's fucking scary it
0: is scary it's really scary and it's like if you're gonna get hurt like but it's only the people that have the courage to like step outside of like the norm that are going to like flourish eventually but like you are gonna hit bottoms at some at some points and I wish like there was advice to those people who are like who want to make that next step or like who maybe want to like be sex workers or who want to be in entertainment or like anything in that world but like are too scared because it's not a path that they saw like clearly in front of them prior to like do you have like any words of words of wisdom for that
1: Mm i think sometimes you have to make the mistake to find out for yourself unfortunately i think because i'm an introvert it was easier for me to cut off that tie but for my boyfriend at the time who was a complete extrovert who needs like he need he needs people around him 100 of the time to thrive Mm -hmm. it was way harder for him to cut off those ties with the toxic men in the group but he eventually did i think it took a lot of convincing not just for me because i don't think straight up. I don't think men really listen to women yeah. straight. Like yeah. my boyfriend's amazing. He listens to me, but he has to Google things I say to prove that I am right. And that pisses me off. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think most men really need to find out for themselves. Yeah. Um,
0: I've experienced that too, or where it's like, I'll say something and then like a male friend or coworker or peer, or whatever, will say the same thing. Then, then they will you know act based on that and I'm like I already told you this like a month ago and you ah. didn't listen to me then but now you're gonna listen because this like male person said like I don't know I I've experienced that so I get what you're yeah, saying it
1: was the men of the group who had to convince him to not to stop seeing this other guy it wasn't the girls of the group exactly the yeah victims of his ex escapades yeah Ugh, yeah. um yeah, I think I think my advice is I know it's fucking scary, but sometimes you have to take even if it's a teeny tiny step away. Sometimes you just have to take that step. Yeah. I oh, love that.
0: So- <laughs> yeah. I relate. Uh thank you so much. Um, we're hitting an hour. So Ooh. talked <laughs> about a lot yeah. of stuff. I could I, I seriously could have a part two of this because um you have so many interesting stories. And like I said, you're so fucking Confident and self assured. Who are you? In- <laughs> I don't know.
1: Uh, I look at your pictures online and I'm like, she's the fucking coolest person I've ever seen in my life. Shut like, up!
0: No, seriously. absolutely not. uh I can't even hang out in groups. That's how. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, me too. But you know but what? To the point where, like, at least I'm like, oh yeah, I'm not that thing. And so I'm not going to push myself to be that thing. There's a difference between, like, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone because it's healthy and just being a different person for the sake of, you know, that is more um, socially acceptable or whatever. And I'm just, like, I'm, like, over that. I'm I'm over – I'm, like, too old to, like, pretend to be anything that I'm not anymore. Mm -hmm. And, like, I feel like if you're my friend, you'll understand. And if you don't understand, then you're not my friend
1: exactly just you know what act like your 40s yeah. act like you're during your 40s so when they come to insult you it's not an insult anymore Yeah, you're like that's fine <laughs> that is so, the funniest fucking insult to me I'm like I can't wait to
0: be 40 why is that since when? Is that wait what? what was it again they just said like go back what- to being 40 go back to being 40 I don't even <laughs> stop posting on TikTok and go
1: back to being 40 It was like that. And I was like, okay, do you know how many people are on TikTok? Like these 70 year olds are on TikTok. Like that doesn't mean anything anymore. Age is nothing. Ageism is over.
0: Yeah. I feel like, do you ever just like want to screenshot that shit and post it and like call people out or no?
1: Yeah. But that, like I said, if it's funny, I would rather show an insult that like is hilarious and showcase like the funniness of the person who yeah. wrote it rather than just like a mean, like yeah, or nasty comment. Like I remember like I remember some of my earliest YouTube comments that yeah. were roasts. Like I remember one of the first mean comments I ever got was like, wow, watching this girl make YouTube videos is like watching Kelly Rippa struggle to find an identity. <laughs> I was like, that is the funniest fucking shit. Yes, <laughs> you're right, you're right it was that's the type of insult that i'm like ouch but yes but yeah
0: yeah that's (laughs) funny and you could also like use that in different things too like i feel like it's not specific to you it's just like a funny fucking insult (laughs) right
1: if you can come at me with
0: something like that i can't even be mad no you're like fucking credit for that
1: yeah creative writing
0: (laughs) uh thank you so much again for your time uh this is incredible yeah of course Thanks for listening to this episode of How the Fuck Did You Bounce Back? New episodes every Thursday.